I've probably worked in spots that are close to 140 degrees. It's very dangerous. It's nerve-wracking. Somebody's got to do it, right? Emotionally, I just put myself in their shoes. I received an electric shock off of um, a piece of equipment on a pole that was energized. This isn't a podcast about global warming or the environment. It's not a podcast about how to cut your electric bill. It's a podcast about three people's lives. Three people from different walks of life, different challenges, different paths, different loves. But they all come together to make your life better. To make your life as a New Yorker full of energy, undisrupted energy. We're calling this podcast series Power Jobs and we'll be bringing you new installments from time to time. It's about 8.30 a.m. and we begin our podcast here in Staten Island. I'm standing in the middle of a, you know, typical neighborhood street. It's supposed to reach past 90 degrees a day, so it's already feeling pretty hot at this hour. And I'm actually waving Mike Zanelli. He's a high-voltage lineman. And uh, he's been doing this extremely dangerous and highly trained job for about 10 years. His work has not gone without some surprises. He did receive an electric shock of just under 8,000 volts when he first started his career. Let's find out why he keeps doing what he's doing. Hey, thank you for speaking with me. Oh, not a problem. Anytime. Your job is dangerous. You know, you're working with live electricity. Tell me about your job. It's very dangerous. It's nerve-wracking. Somebody's got to do it, right? What we do is we work with high-voltage uh, conductors, and we keep the power flowing in New York City. Earlier, you shared with me that you experienced a situation. Tell me about this. Yes. Back in 2008, uh, I was climbing a pole, and the feeder that was de-energized was, was not. It was uh, mistaken for a different feeder. I received... S- an electric shock off of um, a piece of equipment on a pole that was energized. Uh, I'm lucky to be here. It was a, it was a pretty good shock. Uh, How many volts are you talking about? You said it, you know, went went from one end to another. You know, it was 7.6 thousand of uh, single phase of a 13 kV feeder. Uh, it tried to ground out through my arm to the pole, but it was a bad ground, so it didn't. It just tried. Mike's incident was investigated by the company and steps were taken to prevent similar occurrences from happening again. Let's continue with the conversation. I, I bring this up because I, I want to let our listeners know how dangerous your job is and not to discredit the training that you go through. You go through very extensive training, obviously accidents and situations present themselves but all of new yorkers need to know like our first responders our police officers our firefighters you guys are out there you don't run away from danger you go towards it and that's what electricity is oh yeah yeah i've talking with police officers they say they'd rather get shot at than deal with what we deal with uh i i'm the opposite i'd rather deal with what we deal with than get shot at but so why do you do it uh I mean, we're trained to do it. Um, I love the job, just working outside. I know how it is when the power goes out. If no one's going to fix it, you know, I've got to fix it. If I don't, who who else is going to do it? It's it's us. 
Now, Con Edison has, you know, just uh, under 15,000 employees. You're one of those employees. And when we're restoring energy, when a problem happens, we're restoring energy for our neighbors, ourselves, our loved ones. You know, it's not just total strangers, right? That's correct. It's, it's your community. Um, friends, neighbors, family, loved ones, everyone. Uh, you know, if there's an outage and the whole area is affected, I mean, everyone's affected. What is the day in the life of a high-voltage lineman? Oh, the day in the life of a high-voltage lineman, it's tough. It's a lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, <laughs> but it's a good day. It's a real good day. At the end of the day, when you get done doing what you're doing, um, moving conductors, reconducting an area, I mean, whatever the job may entail, once you're done, you get to look at it and really you take take a lot of pride in your work. It's, it's, it's a great job. There's a lot of things out there that rely on electricity. I mean, it's... It's basically, it's, it's a necessity now. It's, it's vital, it's vital to the city, and we gotta keep it going. Here's my last question to you. If you could say some, something to all the New Yorkers about the job that you do, that helps them in return, what would you say? Hmm, that's a good question. I love the city, I love the people in this city. Uh, thank you for being patient with us. Not everything can be fixed immediately when there's emergencies happening, and everyone's so patient, so kind. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. Now, stop talking to me. Why don't you get back to work and get the power going? <laughs> of course. I will. Thank you. Well, my interview with Mike clearly shows me this guy loves his job, and he loves New York. Well, I made my way back to Manhattan, hopping on the 4 train to Union Square and transferring on the L. I exit on 1st Avenue and East 14th Street to walk to the big massive Con Edison steam plant. It's about 1 p.m. now and I swear it's 100 degrees outside and the humidity is killing me. I'm meeting up with Brandon Vernon, a mechanic welder for the steam division of Con Edison. He's also known as the Wicked Welder. He's taking a quick break to talk to us as he's making his way down from Wow, it looks like a nine-story boiler within the plant. Hey, Brandon, thanks for taking the time to, to speak with us. What's going on here? Basically, they had a boiler tube rupture, and they did some inspections and found that they needed to replace some more of the boiler tubes. You're looking down, you know, over 100 feet probably in some of these cases, depending on where the elevation you're at. It's a little, little eerie when you look down in there and you don't see anything. These boilers are for what? What do they do? What's what's the purpose? Of um, they're mainly to create the steam that'll drive the, the turbines and uh, create the electricity. How do you mentally say to yourself, I gotta go up nine stories and look down at a black hole and work? Uh, you don't think about it too much. I mean, you think about it in the terms of safety, as in not, not to drop anything down in here or uh, be extra careful around the uh, any of the open spots. Because, I mean, none of them are big enough for a person to fall through, but a hammer could easily could easily slip through the crack. Do you have a typical day? No, no, not really. Uh, unless it's like an ongoing job to where we can like we know it's coming. Wintertime can be extreme colds to extreme heat, depending if you're inside or outside the plant. Up to some parts of the plant are 160 degrees on any given day, depending on what we're welding, where we're welding. Uh, respirators are required, so you got a respirator on top of all of that, so you're increasing your your breathing. Um, 
and then also the environment you're working in you could be working right next to a live steam line so it increases the the heat so what kind of temperatures are we talking about um i've probably worked in spots that are close to 140 degrees ambient temperatures to where you can't wear if you're not wearing gloves and you touch the steel next to you that doesn't have any energy source going through it it'll burn you you know someone told me and in prepping for this interview somebody told me that that you get yourself in some pretty peculiar situations when you're welding that you know maybe you're in very confined spaces perhaps even welding upside down Is, is this true oh yeah uh there's some spots to where you gotta get a mirror out um and Did you say work. a mirror? Yeah, you literally, on some of the boiler tubes we work on, where you have such tight spaces, you can't physically fit behind some of this stuff. So you all like tape a mirror to one side of the, the joint I'm working on, or the part I'm working on, and use the mirror to look in the spots that I can't see. Either that, I could be suspended really high in the air, working at high, high elevations, um, or that, or I can be down in like a, a hole in the ground, basically in a, a sump tank or hanging upside down off whatever I can. Of course, it's, I, I do it as safely as I can, um, obviously. So why do you do it? Um, I like the challenge. Uh, the welding part of it, I've been welding well over 10 years now. It's, there's not too many places in the world that rely on steam like New York does. Right, so you're, you're on the steam side. So you're providing power to some of the most iconic buildings in New York City. It's, it's, it's interesting when it leaves, because you don't necessarily think about that every day. It's just those once in a while you, you're said thinking like, huh, that's what I do. And then, you know, it's, you go out at night on the roof here and you can actually see the Empire State Building, everything lit up. And so it's, you know, you, you know that you're part of that something, you know, when you see it that way. Here's my last question for you. If you could say something to our customers or the general public about your job and how it relates to them getting their energy, what would you say? I think people need to really look into where they get their energy, how it's made. I think people think they can just plug in their their laptop or their phones or their lights and just they take it for granted. And I don't think many of them know what goes into actually making it. Um, they, they see Con Ed workers out all the time, but I don't think they actually understand, or at least, you know, so they have a small understanding of what it takes to power, you know, a city this size. Hats off, or hard hats off to Brandon, AKA Wicked Welder for talking to us. It's just shy of 3 p.m. and I am baking out here on the streets waiting for the subway. Now I'm heading to Brooklyn, a quick hop on the 4 train getting off at uh, Nevin Street to head to 30 Flatbush. Now let me ask you this. Do you know the number one reason people call Con Edison? Come on, guess. Are you guessing? Why do you call your energy company? Do you call to compliment us, to resolve a problem, to pay your bill? Let's say hi to Crystal Guerrero, a customer service representative. I handle, I'm a customer service representative in the call center and I answer calls on a day-to-day basis. How long have you been doing this? I have eight years now in the call center. My main question really right now, 
is why do people call? Why are they calling Con Edison? Well, right now in the summer, they're calling about high summer electric bills. Um, that's the main focal point of our calls right now. Um, a lot of it is also uh, our new AMI meters and how to utilize the website with the AMI meters. But you're in a very specialized uh, department. In my opinion, I, I think you're saving lives. Let's let our listeners know exactly what you do. So my group handles a lot of gas emergency calls. Uh, we also handle life-sustaining equipment outbound campaign calls. This is uh, basically we take the initiative, the company takes the initiative of calling customers that may have life-sustaining equipment or medical equipment or medical hardships in the homes and advise them that we may have some type of adverse weather. Services could be interrupted or might be interrupted, so if that does happen, they should seek other options, such as calling 911, going to a hospital, uh, staying at another friend's or relative's house, or even having their battery backup uh, equipment charged up just in preparation. But you're dealing with all scopes of emotions. Sometimes they may be extremely angry with you and displeased with you. How do you handle those ranges of emotions and situations? I always say call by call. Um, never treat a customer the same. Everybody's different. Uh, hear their concerns. Try to see what you can do. Uh, we get great training, especially dealing with all different types of situations. With someone that's angry, I try to tell them, you know, hey, I'm a Con Ed customer as a New York resident myself, and I understand sometimes, you know, you may have a high bill or you may not understand something on the bill, so I take my time to go through the bill with them, see what type of options that they can do to start lowering their bill, see what type of options um, in regards to payment that they can have, such as a payment agreement, payment extensions. With someone that, you know, if, if someone's crying over the phone, I first try to tell them, you know, let's take a deep breath together and let's get centered back into ourselves and let's, let's talk about what's going on in regards to the bill and let's see what we can do. Conversations, uh, I would assume, can sometimes escalate. Say a customer hangs up on you. What happens? What happens after that? When a customer hangs up on me and I just feel like there's no resolution, I do attempt to call my customer back and see if I can be of further assistance. If I can't, then, you know, I just advise them, you know, if they want to, they can always give us a call back and when they feel ready to. Crystal, did you ever get a call that made you upset? Yes. Um, I have a soft spot for the elderly customers. It's hard to hear them say that they don't have uh, anybody to help them out. And you hear, you know, you hear about their daily struggles, what they live on, how they live. There's nobody there for them, and there's nothing more that we can, we as a society, I mean, not as a company, can do for them. When our customers are dealing with emergencies, say a hurricane, a heat wave, an extreme blizzard, that you, yourself, your family, your loved ones are dealing with it too. And you can't, you don't have the luxury of being at home helping them. You must report to work to help, you know, these 10 million people of New York City. I'm used to it already, so it's like a go time for me. Um, usually with big emergency events, I'm 16 hours at work, eight hours maybe at home to traveling back and forth from work. Um, my family understands. Uh, 
I'm very lucky for my mom and my sisters to be understanding. It just becomes second nature to you. Wow, what a day from Staten Island to Manhattan to Brooklyn. It's about 4.30 p.m., almost a full day. You just heard three different people who, all in their own way, affect your life right here in New York City and Westchester County. I certainly have a new perspective in what it takes to charge my iPhone. How about you? Next time you flip the on switch, give us a thought. That's our show. Thanks for listening to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about everything related to energy. If you have thoughts about our program, you can send an email to podcast at coned.com. I'm your host, Sydney Alvarez. Thanks for listening, and until next time.